Welcome to Hello Government, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Abdullah, and I'm joined today by Matthew Curtis. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing fine. I am Matthew Curtis. I don't know where I was going with this introduction, but hi, how's it going? It's me. I'm Matthew Curtis. And um, you might know <laughs> him from... <laughs> Uh, so I was, uh, I was Toucan Sam last year. Uh, unfortunately I'm a, I'm a bit of an ex Toucan now these days. Um, I was, uh, Leonardo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Smite crossover event. And I've done a lot of, uh, cartoons and video games all across the board. Um, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff. I've been in a lot of stuff, not maybe not stuff that you've seen or heard of, but it's, I do stuff. It's good. Oh, it's also, I was in five nights at Freddy, Freddy's the ultimate custom night. That was a big one. That was fun. Um, so yeah, um, uh, and a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I know of, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, that's, uh, that is something I am familiar with. <laughs> So, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was that was such a fun that was such a fun time. The the developers at High Res and the studio Aquatron are they're just they're so much fun to work with. I just love how Smite has like the weirdest crossovers. Like no one expects <laughs> them, and it's just like, hey, you know what'd be cool? Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next, they'll be doing Transformers. We have to take down the gods. Autobots roll out, just just like that, and I'll be there to audition because it's it's my job. <laughs> well, we're looking for an Optimus Prime type. Can you do a? P- How good is your Peter Cullen? <laughs> uh, it's it's okay. It's okay. There's there's better. I'm more of I'm more of a star scream. It's like uh, it's like what what does he say? It's time for a change, Megatron. It's time for action, not words. So anyways, <laughs> that was me um, doing doing Starscream. That's that's me. Hi guys, um, it's not embarrassing. <laughs> so if you need someone to do Starscream for your Transformers fan project, you know who to call now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way. Um, no, but I mean, like, how did that come about? Did you audition for that? Did they tell you like what you were auditioning for? Because I know. Um, video games are very secretive. They're like, <laughs> well, so so um, I was I was put on the roster at the studio who handles the uh, who handles everything. What happens was is like uh, when you when you're in voiceover, um, sometimes you'll work with someone who recommend you to studios, or you know you can reach out to studios, and if they like your work, like uh, from your online portfolio, your demos, work you've done, they will add you and they will send you auditions. So I had been receiving auditions from. Uh, high res for smite for a while and actually i had i think the month before it's a couple months before i had done another character for smite um which was uh was this big guy he had like chains and he was like well, he, was, he talked like this and he was over the screams and that <laughs> i can't remember his name but i remember his voice um but anyway so what was funny about the the teenage mutant ninja turtles one is they were all code words because they didn't even want you knowing in the audition what they were for but you had a feeling you knew because the descriptions for the character, like they didn't have pictures, but they had the descriptions and they also had vocal references for what they were going for. And of course, all the vocal rec- references were for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle characters. And I was like, hmm. So I auditioned for all of them. And all of a sudden I get a, uh, I get an email 
a couple weeks later from the head of casting there. And he, he's like, Hey, we want you to call you in for your, for this thing for, uh, for this character. And I was like, so is this what I think it is? And he was like, Yes, yes, it is. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. So, and that was just a really fun session. It was really cool because the people from Nickelodeon were sitting in on the call. So they got to also do the direction too. And it was just because, you know, they, they needed to bless the project because it is a very dear property. And so while it was kind of a small part of the of the big TMNT, uh, what, what would you call it? Pantheon, mythos or something, just a, a tiny part. At least I got to add a little bit to it. And that was fun. No, because I don't think anyone expected um, the turtles to show up in spite of all games. <laughs> yeah, but it worked though. Like I was, I was watching some of the stuff play, and I did play some of it, and I was like, "This is actually, I like this. This is fun." It was a nice little throwback to everything. No, I mean, I, I mean, I played some Smite matches, but my problem with Smite and, and MOBAs in general is that um, an average match is like forty-five minutes long, and I ain't got time for that. <laughs> yeah. It is a shame that sometimes video games do require that amount of time. Um, but then again, like if I sit down play a game, sometimes I can sit down for a few hours. So I guess, I mean, for me, it, it's not so bad, I guess. And, and does it feel weird like hearing your voice in video games? Um, so I, I haven't really, like, it depends. Like if the, if the voice is really close to mine, there's a game called Unforeseen Incidents where I headlined like as the main character Harper Pendrel and it was it was actually a role that was very near and dear to my heart but like I played it as much as I could but I couldn't stand the the main guy cuz he just he was he, I didn't like him he's he's cuz he was me <laughs> and I was like no no you're doing it wrong you're saying it wrong god oh why why did I say it like that why so but if if it's something that where because a lot of what I do is I'm uh, a bit of a utility voice actor is what they would call. So um, even though my voice, my standard voice is actually kind of very snarky hero type or like side character. I also do all sorts of voices and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if I'm playing a game where I where I've either forgotten I was in it or like I'm not sure which character I'm playing and I don't know it's me, I'm kind of fine with that. Because like when I, whenever I ask someone like are you okay with um watching the work you're in like very rarely do I get a yeah I watch it it's usually like I can't stand <laughs> listening to myself. We're all we're all a very humble bunch, aren't we? We just, oh we all hate our voices, but somehow somehow they just they keep us working. Ah. <laughs> no, I mean it, it must be great being like a you know you work on like whatever a big property and you you don't watch it or you haven't heard of it and you just like you just uh, the fans have to tell you like oh you were great and so and so it's like okay thanks <laughs> <laughs> well video games in general it's it's very strange because you might not even know what the game is called until it's actually released i think i've had friends who didn't even know they were in a certain video game and then all of a sudden like the people are like pointing out the trailers like is this you and it's like oh yeah that is me i remember doing that you know it's very very secretive in the video game industry well yeah, i mean everything's under code names and the scripts they send are like all you know they try to keep it very hush hush but yeah. you know sometimes they slip up sometimes you know you, you understand what you're auditioning yeah. for and sometimes what, what really what really is it's like sometimes people just want to know and so they do digging and they find out and then it's not even the actors themselves but someone else will kind of leak it 
And then the video game company can freak out and might pull stuff, which is a bit sad when that happens because it has nothing to do with the people who are under NDA. It's just, you know, people doing research. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I remember, God, what, 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 what was it? Um, I don't specifically remember the game, but I mean, it happens a lot nowadays. Like, sadly, video games get announced because of leaks now it's not you know wait for the game it's hey did you guys know that sony's working on this thing that they haven't announced yet but we but you know we got like <laughs> these <laughs> these early screenshots and we have to do and then you see like a lot of takedown notices and it's just damage control and then they have to announce the project earlier because you know earlier than expected because oh well the the thing leaked and well crap <laughs> Yeah, um, it just it's it's just sad. Uh, I, I didn't even know that you could lose um people could lose their jobs for that. Yeah, I, um, I mean that. that's that's the whole point of like the NDA, of course, is the video game the the company wants to be protected and you know wants to be able to take action if you do not follow the agreement. So um, yeah, it is it is a shame that it is so secretive because. Honestly, I, th I believe a lot of voice actors and people working on video games would keep the secrets. It's just some few who have ruined it for the rest of us. So now we have to be legally obligated to keep secrets. So not that I have a problem with that, video game companies. I have no problem with signing NDAs. Just, you know, I just wish sometimes I could talk about things. But it's okay. It's okay. Please hire me. Now it's even weirder when they announce a project in advance, and that and and you have to ask like, is this okay? You know, can I talk about this? Is this okay? Yeah. Well, there's actually there's a project right now that's kind of floating around right now where I'm like, that's obviously me in the trailer, but I still don't have the the permission to say that it's me. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, there there's me. That's definitely me. And a lot of people could tell it's me, but I can't confirm nor deny that that's me publicly <laughs> oh man i remember i think it was like um god what was it i think it was like um cody or i don't i forgot the character's name from street fighter four five mm -hmm. like there was a character trailer that dropped and the voice actor was in that trailer he was doing like dialogue for the character and when someone asked him on twitter is this you are you back as this character and he's like no <laughs> which was a lie <laughs> <laughs> no not at all but i mean it's like it, it is kind of tough when you know especially when people uh with how easy it is like to add things to people's resumes these days and imdb like people adding you to things when you're not allowed to say you're in it or adding the wrong people because someone sounds similar to you it's just it's in, it's an interesting time to be living in what are you talking about, dude? IMDb is great. It, it is like the most accurate. <laughs> accurate. It is super accurate. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't even finish that sentence with a straight face. <laughs> no, because uh, like, I rely on IMDb for research, and mm -hmm. sometimes I... I I've gotten I've gotten it wrong sometimes. I <laughs> I remember talking to someone and I'm like, "Oh, you worked on Inspector Gadget. You worked with this voice director." And they're like, "Hang on a minute. That voice director did not direct Inspector Gadget." Well, that's not what it says on his IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's IMDb is the best, man. <laughs> 
No, because I felt so embarrassed. I'm like, well, you know, you worked on Inspector Gadget and the only voice actor, the voice director that was listed on that, on that, on the IMDb was that person. And I was familiar with that person. I was like, so did you, what was, what were they like? And and it was a person who unfortunately was, is no longer with us. So I'm like, you know, what were they like? What was their direction style like? And, and he's, and, and and he's like, well, I got to correct you there. He did not direct (laughs) Inspector Gadget. <laughs> well, that's kind of sad, though. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I forgot. Excuse me. I think I've lost my I've lost my train of thought. Where was I going with this? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> no, but I mean, have you? Well, I mean, it goes back to my it goes to my next question, which is like, have you ever looked at your own IMDb and and said like, you know, hey, I'm not in this. Can someone fix this? Um, so far, that hasn't happened. Um, the only weird thing I had about my IMDb is for some reason it was saying that I was like six years older than I was, which I don't know how it got that idea. And then every time I try to change it, they'd be like, no, no, you're, you're this old. So I eventually, like, I think I had to call someone and actually go through the process of being, of verifying some things, um, which got it fixed. So that's the only issue I've really had with IMDb. I don't know if, um, no, no, I don't know if, uh, you know, some other people have taken any of my credits, but you know, it's possible. But then again, it's not because I'm 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 just a working schlub in this industry. I'm not I'm not that big. I'm just here doing my job, doing my thing, doing my voices. That's what I do. No, you say that now, but wait until you get like a big role on a big show, and then like people will just hound you until the end of eternity. <laughs> Well, I I don't know. Like so my 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 work is primarily in uh like animation, but it's not for like, you know, anime and uh older demographics. It's more for younger kids. So I don't really see myself making any big waves anytime soon cuz most of the most of the people who listen to my work are all children and they have no reason to be, you know, on social media doing research. They they just should be enjoying the content, you know. Oh, what have you done, um, children-wise? <laughs> um, so there's a there's a new series that's come out. It's called uh, Aikido, the Ultimate Arcade Warriors. I play a bunch of characters on that, um, and it's sort of it's like uh, it's kind of like I guess you would say in the vein of the old Transformers cartoons, where it's a line of toys, but then they've gone ahead and made it into um, a uh, a series as well to sort of pr- help promote the the toy line. And it's got some brilliant talent on it. Like there's some really good up and coming voice talents working on that. Um, there's a, there's a big uh, property I'm working with, with uh, Disney Baiju's early learn, which is uh, Disney is actually working with a Indian company uh, with providing content to for, like learning content for children. So there's like some animated series stuff. There's some game stuff and it's a lot of fun. And I voice like, I think over 75 characters for them on that pro on that property. And that is Ted is just a lot of fun. And then there's some other stuff that I'm not really allowed to talk about yet because, you know, as, as we talked about earlier under NDA, it's, the dreaded non-disclosure agreement. And um, when when um, casting directors hire you, like, what do they specifically look for? Do you have like a specific type that they want? <laughs> so every time I think I've like, I'm a bit of a different, a special case because, as I said before, I'm a bit of a utility at voice actor. So when when it comes to like honing in on my type, I don't really have one as of yet. 
um it's and like that's the weird that's another weird thing too is just like i'll think i'll be honing in especially in my commercial work i'll think i'll be honing on in on it and then one day i'll do something different and then all of a sudden i'll be cast and then i'll be like well that's nothing like me <laughs> so uh it's a bit it's a bit strange um usually for uh so if i if we're going to be like for like protagonist work um it's more of like uh, i do snark really well it's like snarky uh, characters almost like Nathan Drake esque around along those lines, and um, also like uh, I do like best friends, really cool, like having fun. Let's do some stuff like this, you know, like in Happy Guys. Um, Goofy is what I do really well too. So I guess I guess those would be what we'd hone in on if I was like really trying to like laser focus my career onto something. And is there like a specific type you enjoy playing, or do you just like them all? I kind of like them all. Like it's 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 a tough call because when I'm actively working on something, I will want the other this another thing, and then when I get that thing, I want to go back to the other thing or go on to a new thing. Like I'm just I'm a bit spoiled, I guess, because I really I just I just love doing it, and I, but I always want to do more stuff. I want to do kind of keep expanding the skill set, make it make get the get more characters in there. Like just I don't know. Like I just want to do it all. Like. Sort of, I'm sort of like a jack of all trades, master of none at this point. Like, I don't know, it's it's hard to describe. So, I mean, you've pretty much embraced the fact that you're like a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> I I guess that's a it's a good way of looking at it, like a Swiss Army knife sort of voice actor. Because I do, I kind of have experience in almost all the genres, except for uh, medical narration. I do not do medical narration. I can I can't wrap my tongue around medical narration. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's tough because you have to understand the lingo and you got to make sure that um, you're saying it correctly and you're not um, confusing it with something else. Yeah. There are some there are some voice actors out there, voice artists, voiceovers, whatever, who want to who are just brilliant at it. Like they could do it in their sleep. They're so good at it. And I envy them. They are. They are kind of it's it's a skill that's really amazing to have, and I I just I can't do it. <laughs> I mean, it's tough because I, I don't know if I um, I think I mentioned this before, but I am in awe of the people who um, are able to do those. Um, God, what, what do they call them? The, they do them on Netflix where they have someone do voiceover that explains the scene for. I think I guess the blind. Or deaf? Oh yeah, I have a blind. friend who actually who works on that. She's really good. She's she's yeah, she's like one of the top people I know in just all the fields though. But like when I heard that she was doing that, I was like, oh man, that's amazing. Like uh, that just seems like that just seems like such a good job. Yeah, and and it's hard because um, you have to explain what is happening on screen and in in detail and you're not allowed to riff on the product so you have to like take it seriously <laughs> no no mystery science theater here this is serious this is serious work i'm and it's jarring because i remember um watching you know a couple shows uh, movies and and whatnot and i'm like wow this is, this must have taken like forever to get right because if you're doing like a two hour, <laughs> two hour movie and you have to like maintain a consistent tone and, and it has to be serious and you have to like explain everything to, to the viewer and and you can't, and you're not allowed to riff on it. And it's just, Oh my God, I can't even imagine doing that for, yeah for an average session. 
Well, that's why there's like some really true masters of narration who just can do it. Like, um, I, I don't know. I've never been given the chance to do it uh, for something like that. I, I've done a lot of like children's narration stuff for learning things. So, and it's always like, it's always like characters. So it's like, there's especially this one who's like an old grandfather who says, oh my, Baggy has fallen in the well. What is the law of displacement that will help? You know, it's like stuff like that. Or even like, hey, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about reproduction. That's uh, That was a fun session when I did that. Because uh, you're not allowed to crack up when you're talking about human reproduction. Even though you're talking like this. Oh, boy. We're going to feel it. And you're like, oh, boy. That's fun. <laughs> but like true, like masters of narration, you can listen. You, if you listen to them, they're like, they all have a style. And what's great, what, what's interesting about their style, it's a style that anyone can listen to for hours. And that's why, you know, you, you don't see, th- there are a lot of narrators in the business. Like all, everyone's a narrator, I guess, in a way. But like for the top, top ones, you see like maybe 10 at most, at the very, very top doing all the jobs because you could just listen to them all day, you know? And um, do you have like any favorites among, you know, your contemporaries? <laughs> um for narration gosh i mean uh, just like any any field like it's like anything oh well so uh, okay so my my i think my top favorite um voice actors of like uh is well frank welker is the one i i really really admire and i just want to be frank welker someday that would be fun (laughs) he's just uh, he's just so good at his job and i love that he like he's so um Excuse me. He's just so humble about everything, too. You don't really see much of him, like, because he doesn't really care about, like, fame or anything. He's just there to do his job, and he's just there to do it well. And I really just admire that about the man. Um, But, yeah, I think, yeah, Frank Welker is definitely my top, top voice actor of all time in my mind. I want to be him someday. Well, everyone wants to be Frank Welker. (laughs) (laughs) So... But I mean, I think the closest. Oh, God, I can, I can just like sit here for hours and talk about like Frank Welker because like <laughs> God, the man's body of work is just like I thought. Just occurred it's to insane. me, like, it's insane. It's like if you were born in like the seventies to or to to like you know if you were born from like the seventies or you know recently, there you you would have not known an era of television of animation or whatever where Frank Welker's voice wasn't there. (laughs) Exactly. And like, he, I don't even think he ever had like the dreaded slump ever. Like he was just always working, which is, it's, it's kind of the dream, I guess, to, to always be working, especially in voiceover, because there, there do, there do come times when you, you know, there's, you just not booking. You're not, you're not making money actively. You don't work. So like, but like for Frank Welker, it was just like, he was always working. There was like nothing he wasn't doing. Like it was just ah, it was just it was insanity. It was amazing, and he's still working today, and he's still doing some of the same characters that he did back then, and they still sound the same, which is amazing for a man of his age. Well, I mean, Fred is just his regular voice, you know, just higher pitched. So yeah, but like the thing is, is even as you grow older, your voice does change. You you get to sound older. His Fred still sounds exactly the same. Like. It's it's just, it, like I don't understand. It's kind of amazing. 
No, it's and and again, like he is like of all the recasts on Scooby Doo, he's the one actor that was never recast for any of those shows, and that's just <laughs> like holy crap. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and you know, and um, God, I, I just I got sidetracked talking about Frank Welker. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, and um, do you like look at you know speaking of like Frank Welker, he's you know famous for doing creature voices as well so i'm just wondering now like you know do you do creature voices or is it just you know normal speaking (laughs) yeah i do creature voices (laughs) show off (laughs) i know i lack a trash can so i can't show you how to do a line (laughs) Um, <laughs> that was that was actually funny. Like there, were, so there was another. There was a show I was working on though, where it wasn't creature voices, but they were like, "We want this scuba guy, right?" And we want him to sound like he's wearing a snorkel all the time. And I was like, "So, okay, let me go." So I, I actually have like some stuff in my booth. So I have like this little tube, and I was like, "Okay, so." And they like wanted anime screams and stuff like that, but all like. You know, it was like, it was sort of fun. <laughs> Funny things you get to do in this this business. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, that almost sounded like the pyro from Team Fortress 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It did. Ah, oh, dang. Now I want to play Team Fortress 2. That's been years. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, whenever I think of, like, muffled characters who have to do dialogue, I automatically think of the pyro and... <laughs> And like I just, I just love how recently, like I saw a video of the guy doing pyro, you know, for the first time in like forever, and I just love the fact that he covers his mouth when he does it. It's amazing. Well, you know, like it's it's weird because that was one thing that I figured out pretty early on too. Is it, it's all right to cheat in voiceover, because the thing is, is no one's really looking at you. So whatever you can to get to make the sound that you think the character should have. It should be fine. And the, the what gave me this realization was there was a wonderful documentary uh, that came out, I think, pr- produced by Joe DiMaggio. It was called I Know That uh, Voice. John Ever- DiMaggio, not John. John DiMaggio. God damn it. Ah, <laughs> oh, shoot. It's been it's been too many days. Uh, John DiMaggio. Yeah, okay. So we can edit that out in post. Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I Know That Voice. I think you, you probably have seen that. Oh, I, um, I, I, that has the best – Best Ed Asner introduction in any film. I, I will I will die. I will die on that hill. I will not hear. <laughs> but it, then you remember in in that documentary, like the the guy who does the gopher voice from Winnie the Pooh. And I'd always wondered, even as a kid, I always wondered how he did the whistle. And he's just he just comes out. He says, well, you know, I just grab this whistle and I add it when I do it. And you're like, what? And he just he's talking. He pulls the whistle up and he does it while he's talking. I was like. Well, that's cheating. But then I was like, well, why does it matter? Like, because he's doing it while still doing the acting and behind a thing. And then they're going to end it. So, so cheating is fine. Cheating is fine in voiceover. So you do whatever you can to get yourself in this place. There are some tricks that you can do in voiceover, like to make yourself sound younger. One of them you can do is actually, you can take your two, you take your, both your hands and you put, you make your fingers and do like a pinching thing. And then you grab like on the sides of your neck and you kind of pull the skin back and it's a very subtle change, but it makes you sound a bit younger. Like, so like for me, it makes me probably sound like in my early twenties, late, late teens. 
Um, and then you can color your voice different ways. You know, you can you can make voices by just even holding your nose. Like it, it just makes it completely different. You um, there's a way there's another way to get to like deeper characters if you need to, where you take both your hands, you put them behind your head, and it just opens up your whole chest, which then kind of drops you and you can move your voice down deeper into your chest. So like, these are all like little cheating tricks that you can do to, until you've learned your body well enough that you can do it without it, you know? So anyways, I went off on a tangent there about uh, cheating is okay in voiceover, you know, go ahead, do whatever you can to get your voice. Just don't hurt yourself because you don't want to kill it. Anyways, that's no, the story. No, I mean, it's funny you mentioned that documentary because I remember in that documentary, I and I had no idea this was like this was even like a thing. But um, I remember Jeff Bennett in that documentary when he talks about doing Smee, he he likes to like pull his lip a little bit to, just to get it to sound <laughs> right, and it's just. But like I did it with both of them, and they said, "Oh, that's too much." So then we just went with one, and that was fine. Oh, oh, Captain, Captain, Captain. Yeah, uh, I love the speed voice is always my favorite. Oh, Captain, Captain. Oh, God, I remember I remember as a kid watching um, Peter Pan for the first time. And I just like would constantly get it into do like a really bad Smee impression. And my cousin was like, I, I get it. You, you like that movie. Just, just shut up, please. <laughs> I I need to, I've always wanted to see the the second Peter Pan movie that came out. I think was it in the nineties or was it early two thousands with Jim uh, Cummings as Captain Hook? No, uh, Corey Burton's Captain Hook. Was it Corey Burton? Yeah. God damn it! What is wrong with my knowledge today? It is completely off. Hey everyone, don't depend on me to. I will never. I will always lose at voiceover trivial pursuit. What is wrong with me today? Gosh. <laughs> and it came out in two thousand three. So. God, okay, <laughs> early 2000s, 90s. What? Yeah, I'm I'm off today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I remember that movie because it's like it was like one of the few Disney sequels that got a, like a limited theatrical release. I remember as a kid, like going past the cinema and and seeing like posters for that. I'm like, wait, this got a theatrical release, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, it's so weird. Um, but you know, again, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned like, you know, it's okay to cheat because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human and, you know, we have to take like, you know, we got to make sure we don't have to do anything that hurts our vocal cords for, yeah. for, um, for uh, a long time. Cause I've, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I mean, we've talked about like, you know, vocal damage and I'm just wondering like, how, how do you personally avoid, um, vocal damage? So, I I have as yet to have um it have a bad enough session for at least for me to warrant uh vocal rest for like a few days. I've had I had one really strenuous session where I did like basically take off the day the next day. Um but I had scheduled I had smartly scheduled it like on a Friday so that way the next day was Saturday. Um generally um I don't know like I it's it's hard for me to do it because it's like it's something I'm aware of, and I when I can feel it in my voice when some things are starting to get a bit hurt, so then I just ask to take a break, take a couple minutes. You know, if this is especially in like video game sessions, anytime you are in a session, if you're doing voiceover, you know, generally you're there, booked there for like two hours, and it might it might take you like between forty five minutes and an hour and a half to actually get the lines done. So if you need to actually ask for a break, they're more than happy to let you take a break. 
and you take some time, drink some water, make sure that everything's going back to the way it was, then you come back into it. And then maybe also try and do it a bit more safely. Um, it's all like with, with, especially with video games, video games is hard because they want those realistic screams and they just want it. They just want you to, you know, and it, so you have to, it's all about how it's hard to describe. I, I'd say it's about support. It's from your diaphragm, making sure that everything's strong there. Coming from like a musical theater background, like I put all of my support there when I'm doing my screams and my yells and anything like that. Um, and maybe that just makes me a bit more aware of when my voice is probably going to get hurt so I can take a break. So, yeah, just be careful with your voices out there. Anyone who wants to do voiceover because it's, it's bad. I mean, and and do you ever like worry about doing you know doing as many video games as you do? Do you ever worry about like it taking its toll on on, the, on your vocal cords over the years? Yeah, it it pops into my head every once in a while about um, what like what would I do if I didn't have that? And I, part of me was scared, but also part of me is like, well, then we'll just have to figure out a way to adapt. You know, uh, it would have to it probably make my voice more gravelly. So maybe uh maybe I'll go more into like promo and trailers. That would be kind of fun. Uh, or, I mean, if it really killed my voice, well, then I'd really just be fucked. Oh, shh. Am I not allowed to swear on this? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you can say whatever you want as long as it doesn't get you in legal trouble. <laughs> okay. It's, I mean, yeah. Sorry. I swear, you guys. Uh, man. Um, no, um... God, uh, I was going to make a joke about um, if your voice gets, you know, gravelly, there's actually a market for that. I mean, we already got like, you know, Dave, just yeah. become the next Dave Sobolov. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Could be be more like D Steve Bloom. Hey, how's it going? You know, just like always here all the time. That'd be great. Do some do some trailers in a world. You know, but that would just be here all the time. I wouldn't even have to affect it. <laughs> no, it's and it's and again, you talk about legends in the industry i i oh my god steve bloom like he is just like that that man's work is just like i can't i i wish like there was um like there was a course in in college like you can just like study study various <laughs> actors like you know how in acting you know acting school like you you know they, they give you examples of like oh uh, Lawrence olivier or whoever and you know study like you know they break down to performance with them or whoever i want that for some voice actors because like i could just sit here for hours and talk about like you know deconstruct the works of steve bloom <laughs> and frank welker and it's just like ah, oh, because like you know what what makes uh steve bloom so great is that he's not only like very versatile in his voice but he's also a great actor mm -hmm. and i think that's what people misunderstand a lot about when it comes to voiceover is that it's not about just doing funny voices. It's about acting. And if you're not a good actor, then you know, you're not going to have exactly. a, lot, a lot of longevity. And, and it, so that brings me to my next question, which is like, do you ever, you know, uh, grade your own performances? Um, I mean, all, all the time, like, you know, it's just, you're always constantly questioning. Did you do it to the best of your ability? At least for me. So if I do actually, you know, see things or work with things that I, that I, you know, worked on, I'm always judging myself. Like, and that's another, it's just a part of who I am because you just want to, you want the best performance every time. But the thing is, is as I grow older, I get better. So anything I've done, I'm like, 
you know, if I look back, there's a project that came out that was supposed to come out like six years ago that I worked on. Um, uh, and I listened to my work on it that back then. And I'm like, Oh God, what, what was, that was really, what was I thinking when I made these choices? And I just want to go back and redo it now, <laughs> but uh, it's a shame because I don't think I'll ever really get that chance. Uh, and especially since those characters were like a couple of characters that I really enjoyed voicing and like performing as. And I was just like, oh, man, I thought I did good, but no. Nah. So, yeah, I'm I'm always judging myself and my performances. Sometimes it'll even be like an audition that I'll send off and then I'll come back and listen to it the next game and be like, oh, oh, well, that was bad. Why did why was what was I thinking when I did that? And um, out of all the um, characters you've done, like which one surprises you the most? Like which which performance like surprised you the most? Like took you personally off guard? Surprised me uh, and took me off guard. Oh, um, uh, probably there is this character. Uh, he's from a video game. It hasn't been released yet. It's still being worked on. Uh, it's called Red Star Azimuth, and he was kind of like one of the very like because I, I i landed the role a few years ago and he's just he like i don't know like it was something completely different for me he's he was sort of he's an antagonist and he's also a russian and he he it's a very interesting story i recommend uh looking maybe looking at it it's being developed by um the team dog pit studios uh they're an indie outfit and uh it's all one solo dev and she is, she's amazing. Like, so she's done shaders. Uh, am I allowed to talk about that? Yes. She announced it. All right. So she did shaders for, uh, darkest dungeon two. Um, and she's working on she And I did, and I've done a couple other games with her. We did, um, the cherry orchard, uh, which came out uh, a few months ago last month. And then now, right now, currently we're working on the seagull, uh, with Caitlin glass, Elsie Lovelock, Lovelock and uh, a few others. It's, gonna be a lot of fun uh, if you're into Chekhov plays of course but anyway so she wrote this story uh, and it's all about like Russian cosmonauts and time and the, th the funny thing is it's like it's all dealing with like time and different timelines but this is all before Loki came out and before Infinity War and Endgame like she's been working on this game for a long time and I, I'm not allowed to say much about it because there's a lot of story elements and spoilers in it but definitely him like if you ever if you go ever go um and you go look at for, looking for him uh it's called red star azimuth his name is valentine prime and he's just oh he's awesome and also really weird and scary and uh it was uh, it was just a good it was just interesting anyway i hope that answered your question and i didn't ramble too far <laughs> no it's okay i love it's better than just well my favorite character is blah blah and because they were great <laughs> uh, um and you know yeah speaking of like you know of russian characters and russian accent and dialects like do you ever like listen to various dialects to you know pick up on like how to do them properly yeah i i do um so and you know the the internet is a wonderful place you just have to make sure that what you're hearing is accurate um, I definitely am not as confident as I used to be about some of them, uh, mainly because I've gotten deeper and deeper into the industry. And so that means the projects I'm working on are a bit, you know, bigger. And so it, there's a lot more writing on it. So it was one thing that I wish I still had for my younger years was how confident I was to say, yes, I can do this. 
And now it's more like, yeah, I can do that. Um, <laughs> but what's another amazing resource is there's dialect coaches, there's accent coaches, there's, there's coaches for everything. And as long as you do your research and do your due diligence, a coach can make or break your, like your performance for your accent wise. So one, well, make or break your performance period, like depending on what kind of coach you go to. Well, yeah, obviously you want to make sure that uh, you're doing an accurate, you know, you're, you're, you've got um, an accurate de depiction of um, that sound. Otherwise, it's just going to sound cartoony or, or stupid. <laughs> this is the way. Um, and of, um, and I mean, do you ever, yeah? Well, I mean, this is, I ask this question of everybody, but if 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 you ever got the chance to work on any specific um uh specific franchise uh, and if you could voice like any existing character who would it be and why mm. legacy characters are always hard for me um just because like it's just it's always tough um but i i think the the one the one character that i would love to to voice if i if i had to pick any legacy character would be goofy I would want to be Goofy. Goofy to me represents a lot more than just, you know, you know, this really bumbling character, even though that's fun and his voice is, but he, he's just like, he's so optimistic about everything and hopeful. And he's not, it's not that he's dumb. He's not dumb at all. And it's more like he's direct and simple, but not simple, like stupid. He's just, he knows what he wants. He knows what makes people happy. And he just, He's just a, he's just a good guy, good friend. Us would like to be him someday. <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting choice because uh, I mean, I'm like, you know, that's a god, that's a tough one because Bill Farmer is just so good. <laughs> well, I mean, well, and he he does it across the board because you know, like they have they have like what a couple of voice actors now for Donald. Um, I I don't know how many they have from. I think they still only have the one guy from Mickey Mouse. But Bill Farmer's been doing it forever, and Bill Farmer even does some of the foreign Goofy. Like he was telling stories about how he was doing it in German, and things like that. And be just he's because I actually I saw him at a conference once, and he does. He just radiates Goofy, not like being Goofy, but just just he's just so he's such such a good guy. <laughs> And that's kind of like what Goofy is to me. He's just a, just this really good character. And I always look at him and I'm just like, wow, if there was any legacy character, any, like, and I was only could pick one, then that would be Goofy. I mean, well, I mean, that's, I mean, it's an interesting choice because, like, whenever I ask that question, everyone's like, well, you know, I, I would like a superhero. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, of all the characters, like, why do you go for superheroes? Like, that's just like... I mean, I get it, but it's like, come on, like, like the possibilities well, are endless, but you always pick superheroes. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like, I think people want to inspire other people. And that's, I mean, in, in so in some ways, my choice is very similar because Goofy is an inspiration to me. He's he's just he's so good. He may, he brings happiness wherever he goes. He doesn't really he's also like he doesn't really have antagonist from well i guess he had pete sometimes but it's not like you know he's in this battle of wits with things really that often like it's more i don't know it's it's hard to describe he's just very optimistic and uh and i think it also it, it goes back to when i first watched a goofy movie back in the day and i was just like that's what i want to do i want i want to be 
like that. <laughs> the perfect cast. No, Do I mean, you need a break from modern living. Do you long to shed your weary load? It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the Disney lawyers are probably going <laughs> to. <laughs> Be like, oh, you can't use any of our songs on your on your thing. You're DMCA, okay? <laughs> womp womp womp. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, it makes sense for superheroes. I mean, I guess like it would be fun to be a Marvel superhero someday or a DC superhero. Um, I would feel like though, if I wanted to be a Marvel superhero, I'd want to be in a movie. <laughs> Although being a voice would be kind of fun too. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. And I think I just, I don't know. Uh, I like Goofy, Goofy, Goofy for me. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, his character, because now now I'm thinking about it, like, you know, going back to, you know, Goof Troop. I remember watching that as a kid and like Pete would always be act antagonistic towards Goofy and treat him like absolute crap. But Goofy always was just, you know, just he treats him like his best friend. And it's just, God, I wish I was like that. I wish like that that I was... Not a not an old cynical fart. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I think you hit upon the right thing. Goofy believes in people, and like he believes that people are capable of being the best version of themselves. At least to me, that and just like you saying that, that's have this realization. Like, because like it's with Pete. Like Pete is a complete jerk to him all the time, you know. But Goofy still believes he's a good person, and he's still his friend, and it's not like. You know, he doesn't, it's, uh, yeah, he just, he believes in you. Goofy believes in you, and he'll make you smile and make you laugh. Yeah, I mean, that, again, that, I think that's, God, that, that is the perfect answer. I got nothing to add to that. I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that is why, like, even as a kid, like, I always gravitate more towards Goofy than the other characters, because I'm like, Mickey was just, like, too... You know, he's, he's the corporate mascot. He's inoffensive. He's like, whatever. He's like the face of the brand. It's like, ah, whatever. Donald is too... Hot dog! Let's go and sell things, okay? <laughs> Hot dog! <laughs> Capitalism is great, kids. <laughs> and then Donald was sort of like the, the funny foil to be like, Oh, you! Why are you doing? <laughs> and then, you know... <laughs> and you just get angry and... Then, and so he's all the funny stuff happens to Donald, and then Goofy's more of like the support. So <laughs> he's your he's your support. He brings he brings you healing salve. Here you go, have fun. <laughs> now just like into to a video game because that's how I think. <laughs> I I I um. Now I'm thinking about Kingdom Hearts now, and I'm like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, I'm trying to, to be like, somewhere out there, someone understands. Like, there is like a single person who understands the entire, the entire, the entire plot of Kingdom Hearts, and is like, what? Don't you guys get it? It don't make perfect sense. What are you guys <laughs> stupid? I, I would love someday to sit down and play all the Kingdom Hearts games, but. I don't have enough time. <laughs> the two longest things in the universe are the Kingdom Hearts series, all of them, and the musical Sound of Music. But the, the funny thing is, you'll still be sitting in the third act of Sound of Music after you finish Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I, I hate that musical. Anyways, that was that was a musical theater joke, and it was dumb. 
I retract it. Music, Sound of Music is a very long musical, and if you go and see it, it's, you, you can't. You can sleep. There you go. <laughs> it's so long after they're done. Like they, you know, they go to Denny's and like, no, guys, sorry, Denny's closed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, it's open twenty four seven. Oh, you're from Sound of Music. Yeah, we're closed. <laughs> and that is it. There you go. Two theater kid jokes in one episode. So there you go. I mean, and I just found that out today. Like I was watching a video and, and someone made a joke about like theater kids and Denny's. And I'm like, wait, that's a thing. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh, wait, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember back when I was um, back when I was doing more theater. Yeah, you would go to Denny's because the thing is, is like not many places were open that late at night where you could get food and be a bit rambunctious and people wouldn't care so denny's was kind of the place to go um and this was actually even typical when i was in dinner theater and a bit when i went on tour for a bit and you know you just go to late night things because being like actors like your schedule gets a bit messed up because you're working kind of late into the night and if you ever do theater you are super jazzed after your performance. Like it doesn't matter how tired you were going into it. You're just like ready to take on the world because you just got fed all that positive feedback. You know, if you're in a good show, so you just want to go out, you want to talk to people, you want to do things. So you go to Denny's. Um, as you get older, I guess you, you go clubbing if you're in a city, but you know, you go clubbing, it's dark. There's lots of music strumming. You can't really show off and be loud. So you go to Denny's. Let's, let's all go to Denny's. I had one group that would go to Waffle House, and that was gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but that didn't last very long. Um, and I was, uh, yeah, so Denny, Denny's is a thing. I just, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm the kind of person who, like, when, once I go into, like, a specific wormhole, I'm just, I, I spend, like, hours looking up everything I can about this specific, <laughs> like, dumbest thing. I'm like, I, it was, again, it was just like some, I was just watching a video and someone made a joke about theater kids and Denny's. I'm like, that can't be a thing. And I just spent, like, hours reading, like, Denny's stories on Reddit. I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, um, you know, speaking of like video games and, and time, like, do you ever like, w do you, do you, I mean, do you still have time to play like even shorter games or is it just like, you know, is it, has voiceover just pretty much taken over everything? Um, no, cause I still try to make time to, to play games. One is it, it's like research. So there's, there's my tax break right there. Um, but also I just, I love video games. Like they're, they're so much fun. They, they they're a real good like decompressor for me so like right now um i'm playing so i'm playing into the breach on occasion i also play um red dead redemption 2 which i'm really digging it's just a beautiful gorgeous story but it is one of those things where you have to say i'm going to play for an hour and you sit down to play because you know you want to enjoy the story it's like one of those weird ones too where i'm more like role playing in it as well. So like, oh, the sun's going down. I'll set up camp even though I don't have to. You know, it's a video game. Who cares? Um, so I'm really enjoying that. And then also, sort of like for my dumb fun game, I'm playing through Man Eater, which is fun. It's you're like you're like a shark. You eat people. It's good. I wish the camera was better. I wish that they had added a lock on button to that. But you know, you do what you can. You're gonna eat some fish. Yum 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 yum. Oh, I some people. Yum 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 yum. I'm a bigger shark now. I'm gonna eat more people. Yum 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 yum. Oh no, it's hunters. Yum 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 yum. It's very simple, straightforward. <laughs> and then of course my 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 number one comfort game, which I always play when I'm bored, um and I don't want to play any other games, is Kerbal Space Program. 
Um, I freaking love that game. It's just so much fun. The, the being able to uh, build rockets and then fly those rockets. And if you do it correctly and you can land on the moon, you can land on the equivalent of Venus and, you know, different stuff. And then you have to make sure that you have enough fuel to get back. And it's just, oh, it's just so much fun. And then you fail so many times, but that's okay. You just use more rockets. It's great. I, I was I I was about to say, oh god, if he's gonna say Animal Crossing, I'm like, oh. <laughs> nah. Nah. Kerbal Space Program for the win. The Kerbal Space Programming Program Two is coming out um, next year, I think. I'm so excited for that. Um, especially since Kerbal. I don't know if you've ever played Kerbal Space Program, but the 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 premise of the game is basically you're handed a space program and said, here, and that's it. Like, so you're like, it, it kind of doesn't do any hand-holding really with you. So the idea is, you know, if you play, when you're playing it, you start off, you start off with like a single booster solid fuel rocket and you build it and then you send it and you fly it up and you get maybe really high and you're like, oh, wow, I made it really high. And then you start keep making them and you're getting, unlocking more parts and so you can go higher. And then you're like, well, I bet if I came at it at this angle, and if I had this enough fuel, and if I did these things, I bet I could get in orbit. So trial and error, you learn how to put a rocket in orbit. And then you kind of zoom out and go, oh, there's a moon. There's a, there's a moon there. I'm going to go to that moon. You know, and so you, you keep doing trial and error and trying to get it. Eventually, you land on the moon. You realize that you didn't have enough fuel to get back. So, you know, you, you do it again. And you trial and error. Eventually, you're able to do it. And then you kind of zoom out and you go, there are 11 other planets in the system all with their own moons. And I can go to any of them. If I plan and build the right things and come up with clever solutions to problems. So like, and it's a physics based game. So it's like all like there's science involved in different stuff. You know, a lot of people are really good at like calculating stuff. One of the coolest ones I saw was, is they, because you can do like a first person view after you build the rocket and launch it to fly it. They had one guy sitting in a room in another, in like another part of the house and they did everything in real time. And then they had like their mission control set up in the other part of the house and so the one guy was doing first person view as the pilot and basically them walking him through landing on the moon and bringing it back home all without like all with through over radio, like they would have done in the Apollo missions. It was just, Oh, it was so brilliant. I was like, ah, oh, man, I wish I had friends. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this was my ringing endorsement of Kerbal space program. I, I have never heard of this game until you mentioned it. Like, I'm looking this up right now, and I'm like, uh, like why have I never not heard of this? <laughs> I know. It's it's brilliant. They actually, um, they're using it in schools as well to teach, like, physics and things like that. It's it's a very simple physics engine, but it's effective and it works. Like, it, it's it's really cool. Um, And is that, like, you know, well, I mean, that, that pretty much answers my question about, like, what's your comfort you know, thing because you know, I, I, I doubt we, I doubt we uh, will find anything that beats that <laughs> when it comes to comfort. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, have you ever, uh, or have I mean, speaking of like other pieces of media, like what have you been doing other other than playing video games and voiceover? Um, for other pieces of media, uh, watch Loki. That was fun. Um, uh, so uh, I watched through Invincible, which was amazing. Um, I, I want to have more time to watch more anime, but I just, I don't have the time to do that. Um, and like, so yeah, I mean, when it comes to like media consumption, I'm, I'm a bit on 
like far a little bit behind culture wise these days uh because it's just like time and then when i do have any time to myself i would more prefer to be playing video games or like watching really interesting um video essays on youtube i really enjoy like matt mcmuscles uh, what happened series that's really good um i liked uh defunct land is really br- i love i don't know why i don't know why i would find uh watching and listening to uh things about old retired roller coasters and old tv shows and like the history behind them i never knew that i would find that fascinating but i do um i listen to a lot of audiobooks when i get a chance to uh i'm going through uh the Her- the dresden files again because i love that series so much which is also for any aspiring audiobook voice actors out there is a really good uh sort of I don't know what to use, what word to use here. So it's just a really good example. There we go. Really good example of like listening to someone become a brilliant audiobook narrator over time because it's it's narrated by James Marsters and it starts off and the quality is very poor uh, because it was probably a very cheap studio and he's kind of making he's not doing a bad job acting but he's kind of making all the mistakes you first make when you're in the booth, like he had never been in the booth before, which is probably true. But over time, the book series gets better quality. He becomes a better narrator until finally, like, he's just like, you can't hear anyone else tell these stories but him. Uh, so I recommend those. Also, Stephen Fry's uh, Mythos and Heroes. Brilliant. I'm going through those again, too. Um, so, yeah. So I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I, I play a lot of video games. Uh, I watch TV when I when I get the chance and i also watch a lot of youtube essays <laughs> uh favorite defunct defunct line episode Ooh, i love the muppet one the where he goes through the whole series like jim henson's history and the muppets and everything like that that was such a brilliant um brilliant documentary for me i, I loved watching that because also the muppets are very close to my heart because actually if, if there was another legacy character i could be i would probably want to be like fozzy bear um possibly kermit but i think more likely fozzy bear um so yeah but like that that's that one was probably my favorite um or the action land park one was pretty good i also liked when he did the like the retrospective one on the dumbo series starring katie lee i was like that was pretty good too so, but I think the Muppet one's my favorite. My favorite one is the Toys R Us one. Because it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so, it's like, oh, it's, it's, I know that Toys R Us, I've been there. And then you find out the history about the place and it's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> is this real life and i just i just felt like i just love that how he bookends it where he has that employee on the last day reading up the speech and it's just like the best speech ever because it's like i hate my job and i hate working here but i would do it all over again if it means like spending more time with you guys because you guys are like my family and i'm like oh that's so (laughs) sweet That is a good one. <laughs> because it's just so insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I think that's also what's so cool about his documentary style. It's very straightforward. He's not like making any of like the, the cheating documentary ways of like making you try to feel a certain way. He's just like, these are the facts. This is what happened. And this is just the way it was. 
which is very honest in my opinion from a documentary standpoint you know like because documentaries it's very easy to try and lead the audience to a conclusion by just showing select clips but he does a great job of just laying it all out so that way you're presented with all the information and then you can kind of make your own uh like opinion about it or what you think happened so anyways i like to funk plan it's pretty good no, I mean, I you know, you mentioned you mentioned you know documentary techniques, and I'm just I'm I all I'm thinking about now is like Tiger King and just how terrible <laughs> that 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 entire like when the best episode is just Joel McHale talking to people on Zoom for like a couple minutes, you know, your documentary series is crap. <laughs> when that's it's the best entertaining episode. crap. But it's crap <laughs> because it's so terrible. It's like you know, okay, here's here's what we're trying to tell you. But yeah, Joe Exotic is a terrible person. But what? What about what? But all these other people who are you know who are also terrible. It doesn't Joe look better by comparison when we're comparing him to these other people? I'm like, no, he's still a terrible person. <laughs> like, stop trying to make me feel sorry for him. I, I understand. Like, it's so. It's so manipulative, and I hate it when documentaries do that. It's like, just get to the point of what you're trying to do to to um, to say. Like, introduce mm. your again. It goes back to my college days, where it's like, introduce what you want to talk about, get get to your thesis statement, and end with a conclusion. Exactly. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a huge documentary nerd. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Like, it, it's one thing as I got older, I'm like, I, I definitely have an appreciation for it. And I definitely went down the way of like watching bad documentaries and let it making them feel things. But then I think it was Defunct Land when that first came. And I was just like, wow, this is this feels right. <laughs> no, I mean, and what I like about Defunct Land is that, you know, outside, you know, because other YouTube documentaries are just like, they have this like very cynical attitude towards them. And where it's just like, you know, like, Again, you know, the, the video about, you know, DashCon where it's just like, you know, it explains what went wrong with that, you know, convention. But it's also like, oh, hey, let's we're, we want to laugh at the people who wanted to who are excited for this thing. And I'm like, that's just that's just mean. Like, I, I don't mm. like that. I don't like, you know, I mean, I know it's a dumb expression, but I mean, I don't like like, you know, punching down. I, I don't I don't like that. It's just. Like make fun of the people in charge. Don't make fun of the people who you know. Yeah. Who wanted to be there. Yeah. Because it's not their fault. They were yeah. promised something and then it wasn't delivered. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, God, I got a, I got into another tangent. It's like mentioned That's fine. Doc- documentaries, and I'm just like I can go for, on for hours about documentaries. But um. Anyway, can you give us a hint of what you're currently working on? You know, uh, <laughs> the stuff that you can't talk about, obviously. Um, well, there's there's the reveal trailer that uh, I'm technically not allowed to say what I am, but it's probably, probably seeing bits of it. Um, we've been doing a lot of um, commercial work lately, so I can't really talk about that either. Um, let's see. Do I have anything working coming out soon i guess another problem too especially with video games is you never know when they're going to come out um and so like unless you're you're specifically told and then they play their cards close to their chest so i can't really hint at anything sorry i'm not an anime so you know 
It's not like I can be like, oh, watch Funimation. But so sorry about that. I'm a bit of a boring voice actor, if you're all, all things considered. <laughs> Hey, you're the only one who who does the voices. Who wants to break into doing the voice? Everyone else, is like, yeah, hey. voice acting is cool, but they, they they don't do the voices. So I'm I'm that dude who like you know all the voice actors complain about. Oh man, I was at this party and they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm a voice actor." I'm like, do SpongeBob, and then I'm you know I just like I judge them, you know, sort of thing. And I'm the guy who's like, "Dude, well, I want to go to that party. Let me go to that party. I will totally do SpongeBob. I will do all the voices. Please give me attention, please." I don't know. I just love doing voices. It's um I was reading uh Robert Paulson's book, and apparently he was the kind of the same way as well. Where, like, he just walk into, like, he would go to the ward with uh, Maurice LaMarche. And Maurice LaMarche apparently would always set him up to do his voices. <laughs> it's like, that makes sense. But, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I guess, I don't know. Maybe it comes from more of my theater days. But I just, I w- would love to go to those parties and show off. I like showing off. It's fun. No, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of, like, doing voiceovers. Like, no one recognizes you for, you know, your facial features so when (laughs) when you do it it's like oh (laughs) like people get shocked and it's like it's like when you watch i mean again i watch like a lot of old panels because i miss i miss conventions so much and (laughs) going to these panels but i i will never get tired of you know listening to voice actors like do do their characters and the panel Mm -hmm. going crazy like i miss that i'm like just have fun with it, man. Just yeah, like have fun. You know, I, I understand it's annoying, like constantly getting asked, "Oh, do that one character, say the one line." But at the same time, it's like, you know, have fun with it. Like if if I if I'm someone who's known for doing like whatever, I I want to milk that for all it's worth. <laughs> I would definitely milk that for all it's worth. But anyway. Um... <laughs> uh anyway um we've been talking for like an hour now and i i'm pretty sure you have like other stuff to to do i'm sorry i kept you hey no worries this was this was a ton of fun i'm sorry about yesterday again so no it's fine um anything uh where can people find you before we sign off um so i'm on the twitters and so you can find me there at mike the mat that's m-i-c-t-h-e-m-a-t-t as in it's like microphone the mat it's a holdover from when i first started and you know what we're just gonna we're gonna stick with it because you know if we're gonna if you're gonna have something you might as well have it <laughs> so i'm there same i think for like tiktok but i'm not really on tiktok that much um more active on twitter if like you want to like look at my dumb tweets and my dumb videos um i also uh have instagram but that doesn't really matter um you know you can also check out my website mikematt.com and yeah i'm 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 a bit of everywhere all right awesome thanks so much for taking the time off to do this and if you ever want to come back for whatever reason you know where to find me (laughs) (laughs) all right awesome this was a pleasure thank you so much for having me Uh, all right take care bye-bye all right cheers